0: This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. Hi everybody, I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is with legendary former Cyclone coach Johnny Majors, who's back visiting friends this weekend. Majors took Iowa State to its first two bowl games in 1971 and 72. And to this day, he has a strong emotional attachment to Iowa State University and Ames. We hope you'll enjoy our visit with Johnny Majors. Well, we're visiting with Johnny Majors, who uh, spent uh, several years here at Iowa State and had such success. And Coach, I, I, Matt Campbell's here now, and he's the youngest coach uh, in the FBS level. When you came to Iowa State, you were only 33 years old, and you brought in a young staff, and you guys had a lot of energy. Can you kind of relate to what Matt's going through right now at Iowa State and the way that he's trying to do this?
1: When I took the job at Iowa State, I was 32 in d- December of 1967. I was t- 32 in May, so I turned 33 after I accepted the job. But I also was the youngest head coach in Division One football at that time in the whole country. Hmm. And I guess there were about 120 schools, or 27 or so total in uh, Division One A. That time there were probably about 105, I bet, something like that. I tell you, it's very exciting to say the least to become, become head coach. You never know what. It's going to be like you don't know whether you're going to be able to handle the situation or not, but you're there, so you got to get you got to get after it. People have asked me many times, "What's your greatest victory? What was your greatest victory at Iowa State and and uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee?" There's none bigger than when we beat University of Buffalo, my first game, 19 to seven, right here in uh, Clyde Williams Stadium, and. Uh, who knows if you're ever going to win a game when you right. coach, or if you may lose the ball. But, but that was one of the greatest victories of my life, and uh, it was. It was it, I can imagine what he's going through. It's exciting, and you you, you look forward to going to work. Uh, and I, I never got depressed at the time uh, uh, at hard at all. At one time, I got somewhat depressed that after the game. I was always I was always disappointed when we lost, and always it hurt when I played and when I coached. But uh, the one thing that I remember more than any other game, maybe in my career, probably in my career, that I was really hurt and didn't go out amongst the people after the game. This was a very friendly, great state. People are wonderful, and uh, they hadn't been winning here, and they'd have nice house parties uh, on weekends, Saturdays. Would be sometimes a dozen people, sometimes six, sometimes twenty. And we always went out, except the, the, the night after my second year's last game, we played Oklahoma State here, and they had us probably like twenty-eight to nothing at halftime, and and ended up uh, only beating us thirty-five to nothing. And the coach, at that time had been a good friend of my dad's, uh, when he was coaching at a small college. Uh, he, he was the Oklahoma State coach, and my dad we got to be good friends. They played against each other when my dad was coaching Siwanee Division Three schools. And I think he definitely took it easy on me because his friendship and respect for my dad, mm-hmm. I think he could have beaten us probably 60 to nothing. And Mary Lynn and I stayed home. I said, Mary Lynn, I'm not interested in, in, in going out tonight. I was really low. Two years in a row, we were 3-7 and seven the first year. We were 3-7 and seven the second year, but we finished worse than what we were the first year. And I was concerned because we weren't improving. And I called the staff, and I called all the staff that night. We're going to be meeting in the morning, 8 o'clock. You can go to church later, or you can skip church. We're going to meet at eight o'clock next morning, and see everybody there. They all showed up, and I told them, "Listen, fellas, we've got to recruit football players, or we're not going to last year. We had a great recruiting year that year. That's some of the great Ike Harris and Willie Jones, and uh, on and on. That was one of the greatest recruiting classes I've ever had as a head football coach. We went to five, six the next year, then and." fourth year we were eight and three in the first bowl game in Iowa State history. It's a very challenging job. It always will well and they've had some they've had some teams that have been very good since I left here. And I've seen so, quite a few of them play since I left here. It's a great place to live. It's a wonderful school. It's a great school to recruit to and I had a wonderful time with the great people and they treated me so wonderfully in my family. Everybody on my staff there were, about, there were at least five or six assistant coaches, including Jackie Sherrill and Jimmy Johnson, some other well-known names, became head coaches off that staff. That was one of the best young coaching staffs in the country, I can tell you that, even though I may be bragging a little bit, but it's true. Well,
0: Coach, you had another meeting with Oklahoma State to close out the, well, almost close out the 1971 season, but you needed that victory to ensure uh, the trip to the Sun Bowl and Iowa State's first bowl trip and just tell me how exciting that was getting carried off the field after that great lopsided victory over Oklahoma oh my gosh
1: State. yeah we had to uh, we had, we had to win the game to get the bowl bid we would if we got to, if we won the game we would be 8 and 3 yeah. and the Sun Bowl promised us we won it oh my gosh uh, uh <laughs> we scored on the second we scored on the First or second, first play of the of the game that we had the ball. George Amundsen, our great quarterback, was an outstanding runner and a very good passer. Hit Ike Harris on a we faked a run, uh, and it was a 58 yard pass. I'm virtually certain. Faked a run, hit Ike Harris on a dead run. Ike Harris was a big, tall, six five, and was right kind of slew footed, but he could fly. He had a great speed from down in the and his dad was a sharecropping farmer in uh, West, uh, well, and, and right, right near West Memphis, Arkansas. But we ended up beating them 58 to nothing. And that was a certainly an outstanding score for anybody, uh, particularly Iowa State, from where we'd come from and to where we were at that. The crowd stayed and stayed and they sang and they sang and on and on and on, they didn't want to leave it. And it break, it makes me tear up now even though I'm smiling, it brings back a great memory. My eyes are, wet, are watering a little bit right now. What a great memory, what a great bunch of people I worked with here and uh, for here, and also what a great bunch of young men that we coached. Oh my gosh, they were something else.
0: Well, it's the players that uh, that make it. And you brought in a lot of good players, as you mentioned, a lot of them from Florida and started a pipeline up here of of getting great players from the south.
1: Joe Avazzano is the main one that started that. He's from Miami, Florida, and he grew up in uh, he grew up in the south side of the uh, Miami there in, uh, and that, that or when he grew up there it was mostly uh, ethnic groups from other countries we, he's Italian. Joe went to Florida State and is very flamboyant. He, wore, he was the first person in uh, Iowa to wear flared pants. He had one of the most beautiful wives you'll ever see, and she made his clothes for him, and he'd wear these fancy jackets and whatever, but Joe could recruit. In the next year, second year, I hired Ray Green as a receiver coach. He was African-American, and he was from, originally from, uh, from uh, uh, Ohio, and played college football there. Then he went to Florida as a high school coach. So I had a really double-team effort with, in Georgia with those two and Florida. We had some great athletes out of there, and people like George Robinson from uh, from Aberdeen, South Dakota, and uh, Dave McCurry from uh, right here in our own state, and many, many others. Merv Croker. Well, and Keith Crefley and I mean, it, it goes on and well, on. Keith you- Cref- oh, Craftley. Potosi, Wisconsin. Potosi was a town of about 200 people. We picked off a few people that nobody else got because yeah. we, I'm a small town boy and we have, uh, we had a hard time finding what uh, position to play. We tried him as safety man, we tried him as a uh, 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 cornerback, and we tried him. He turned out to be one of the greatest tight ends in college football, one of the greatest tight ends, certainly, I ever coached. What a fabulous player.
0: And you mentioned George Amundsen. Boy, did he uh, do a lot of different things for your program, whether you needed him at running back, quarterback, whatever the case may be, he was exceptional.
1: He was a superb athlete in every way. He was a great runner. He's 6'3", 215 pounds, and he could run a four seven forty. and he, he broke the Iowa State all-time shot putt record and discus record, and he had broken the American high school record in the discus when he was uh, in uh, in South, uh, South Dakota uh, one quick thing about George George had a great sense of humor and he li- he like to have a little fun in practice <laughs> I'm very I'm a disciplinarian, and I know what I'm on I want things done little, little things done you know you stress the little things if you don't it's going to come become big problems but occasionally he'd he'd sprint out to his right on a sprint out pass and craft, he's such a great athlete and so so gifted, Krefty'd be running a little flat pass from the tight end and George would be running he'd just he just lift his leg while he's running and throw it underneath his leg and he'd hit Craftley right in the hands. I said, George, what are you what are you doing? What the heck are you doing, man? This serious is serious business against Missouri. We hadn't beat Missouri in thirty one years down there. And this is nineteen seventy one and we had not beaten uh, anywhere in twenty years. So it's, we had a had a terrific team there in uh, '71, of course, and yeah. <laughs> we we had the game won, 31 to to 19 it was, and in the late in the quarter, I said, okay, we're going to have the uh, we're going to run the clock out. Mm-hmm. We 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 were gonna run the run the clock out, and I said, George, uh, we'll do we'll do the, uh, the when I my favorite play kneeling down, take the butt snap in the center, and kneel. Well, the first two times he and uh, I t- told him what we were going to do, run the clock plate. He's t- he, knowing George; he's so competitive. He took the ball and center, and he d- bounced around, jumped around, and jumped over the pile and made one or two yards. <laughs> and then he did it again. And I, I said, I said, they're on our, on our near our sideline on the hash mark. And I said, George, get on a d- <laughs> I said I won't say exactly how what I said. I said get on the ground get on the ground well the, he did it one morning I said I got down I got down on my hands and knees I can't believe I would let a guy do that I probably should have, now I'd probably jerk him out of the, that blame game but he went 71 yards for a touchdown on an option keeper he went 35 yards on an option keeper for touchdowns and when I got on my hands and knees here I am I don't know 37 years old or whatever 38 hands and knees and they're close to that one I said George George Get on that that-blame ground. That wasn't exactly what I said, that-blame Get on that that-blame ground, George. And he says, but Coach, he peeked his head out of the huddle, and he says, but Coach, it'll ruin my rushing average. He's putting my string. He's so confident, he knew he wasn't going to fumble. So I didn't throw him off the team.
0: <laughs> well, Coach, you had great success at Iowa State, and then you went on to other great successes at Pittsburgh and Tennessee, But you've always – You've always held a special place in your heart for Iowa State. You always come back. And I know you've told the story about you and Mary Lynn pulling away from Ames and thinking what a wonderful place. And what is it that keeps drawing you back?
1: When we backed the car out with a trailer on the end of it, I don't know, had my two little kids. They were like four and two at that time or three and five anyway. Backed the car out of an Ontario circle, on Ontario road where our house was, and I backed it up and I said, Mary Lynn, I don't know what the rest of our career will be like, but it's, it will never top what we've in sp- experienced here at Iowa State. And that meant for the people and what it, the satisfaction of winning and knowing you can coach football and having good staff members and some wonderful athletes, that probably Iowa State had never had anything like them except when it was Clay Stapleton had, uh, a real good team one year are in f- seven and three. I believe had those two great running backs, mm-hmm. at one after another. He had several great single wing tailbacks. But anyway, in my career, there's been nothing more exciting and, and more gratifying than the five years I spent here. Uh, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to explain what uh, it was. The first quarterback club I made, touchdown club in Des Moines. was a, a friend of mine turned out to be a great friend. He uh, they, they'd they been having about 25 to 50 people at the quarterback club meetings. And when I came here as head coach, he went around and he bought a bunch of tickets and and paid for them and, and went to see his friends and say, you got to come see our coach. And, and this one guy says, I'm not going to go over there, and he won't be there over a year if he gets a job, another job. He'll be gone, or they'll get rid of him. Nobody's ever lasted over there long, even though Clay Stapleton did for ten years and was a great coach here. He said, "You got to come." I mean, I've been to your I've been to your events. You and I have a graduate. I mean, you got to come, and we need to have a full house. So. I, I'm lucky I am right now. I, when I get enthused, I'm, I'm enthused about being back in Ames mm-hmm. in Iowa State. I talk a little fast, and I mumble my words, because I'm from lower middle Tennessee, mm-hmm. and I get excited. I, I, don't, uh, I, I, I can imagine that a lot of times players might have said, what did he say, what did he say? But anyway, the guy the guy called me, my friend that sold the tickets and got the people to go. I was talking about playing with pride and enthusiasm. We'll never learn to lose and we'll never give up. We're going to act like winners. We're going to dress like winners. We're going to practice like winners, and we will become winners. So the next week, he didn't call me for two or three days after my talk, but he called me and said, now, now, Coach, we don't know each other that well yet, but I thought you might appreciate this. said so the friend that said he wasn't going to come, and I said, you got to come. or I'm not going to anything else that you uh, want me to buy, to buy tickets for, for I or anybody else. He says, he said, what did you think about our new head coach's talk? He said, well, I didn't understand that damn thing he said, but I liked the way he said it. <laughs> I never lacked for enthusiasm, and I never lacked for, a, for, for a competitive, competitive encounters, but I wasn't always successful.
0: Well, it's so great to have you back, and you're always welcome back at Iowa State, and it's great to see you. You look great, and uh, we appreciate how much you appreciate coming back to Iowa
1: State. I will always love the people of Iowa who treated me so well and supported me and the, and, and, and the you know, Iowa State University, which is a great great academic institution and it's a terrific place to live. It got cold in the winter. <laughs> I had to change my whole wardrobe, but I, we learned to live with it and we learned to have a great time. We had many friends here. and I'll always come back as long as I have a breath.